All right, we're continuing on, and let's read verses 8 to 11, and let's see the next step that Paul takes. So reconciliation starts with our own hearts and souls, but now Paul begins to make his appeal. How does Paul appeal to Philemon? How should we appeal to other people when we see that they're at a crossroads, and they're at a place of choosing, and they could choose to do the right thing, they could choose to do the wrong thing, you clearly think you see you know what the right thing to do is, and so how do you appeal to them? How do you try to compel them to do the right thing. Well, what did Paul do? Let's learn about that in this part of our Bible study as we go through Paul's letter to Philemon. Verses 8 to 11, let's read these through again. He says, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and I could order you, (laughs) uses that word order, I could order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the, to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Paul, I just find it interesting to see how he sees himself. He calls himself an old man, as a prisoner for Christ. It's it's a very humble perspective of himself, but yet on the other hand, it's juxtaposed with this, but yet he has the ability to order him. This is unique. He's kind of holding these two things. And then he says, but I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus. We'll talk about that in a second. Who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. All right. This is one of the most powerful parts of this entire letter. And I hope that each and every one of us take it to heart. So we're going to take some time and let's breathe this in and let's learn what it takes to bring reconciliation or to bring reconciliation in the way of Christ. The session is titled Christ-like reconciliation is appealed to on the basis of love, not law. Paul is intentional to not just give an order, but he wants Philemon to think this through and he wants this to be a voluntary action. In fact, that's stated a little bit later. Paul understood the danger and the brutality of rightness. And we can be really brutal and we can be very dishonoring to others when we believe we are right. And see, Paul knew he was an apostle. Paul knew that he was walking with Jesus. He knew the ways of Jesus and he knew the Christian thing to do, the right thing to do is for Philemon, you really have no choice. Philemon, you must do this. And, and he could have used his position as apostle. He could have said, you know, so Philemon, as an apostle, I am ordering you to do what Christians do. And he says, I don't do that. He says, I could order you to do that, but instead I would prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. See, Paul didn't want to be wrong in his rightness. And I think he understood firsthand because he had walked this road before that sometimes there can be nothing more danger than a person who has a verse and believes they're right, but then they can hurt other people with their rightness. We can be brutal and we can be dishonoring to others when we think we're right. But here's the thing, you can be right, but if you're wrong in the way you are expressing that right, you're ultimately wrong and you're ultimately doing wrong and it's causing damage to other people. Christ-like reconciliation, Christ-like reconciliation is is achieved through the motivation of love. The way to bring love or the, the way to bring reconciliation in the way of Jesus is to do it with the motivation, the intent and appeal to it on the basis of love. And it looks much different 
than when you try to appeal to it on the basis of rightness, or we'll call it law. The law says, the word says, this requires us to do it. The way love draws that out of people is different than the way the law drags that out of people. How so? Well, let's break through the contrast here. And you can access these in my notes, by the way, at any point. I have all this stuff written out for you to take, and you can highlight it, copy and paste it, whatever you want to do. Love, it pleads with and appeals to people. Law demands. There's a difference. Love is patient, and love is gentle. The law is pushy, and ultimately, the law is damaging. It can hurt people, but whatever. If it hurts you, it's not me that's hurting you. It's you hurt yourself against the law. There's like a coldness that goes along with it. Love weighs and praises. The law shouts and insists. Love cares for the heart, and the law cares about outcomes. Love is seeking and doing and wanting the best for others. The law is focused on the situation at hand. Do you see the difference? Do you notice the differences between the way of love and the way of the law? The law might produce some change in action, but love ultimately produces a change in heart. And true forgiveness and true reconciliation is a matter of the heart. And following Jesus and becoming more like Jesus means that we're being transformed into the image and the person of Jesus, and that transformation is a transformation that begins within us and works its way to the outside of us. And so this is why Paul would say, listen, I could order you to do this. I could appeal to you to do this on based on this is what's right. You really have no choice, but instead he chooses to appeal on the basis of love. What a powerful lesson for each and every one of us. And it's this one concept right here that sets the whole tone and it paves the way for how reconciliation in a Christ-like way is possible. Paul identifies Onesimus as a son then. He goes on and says, he's my son. That's how close he's become to him. And he invites Philemon to revive him and to receive him as a brother. Paul doesn't want Philemon to sweep Onesimus' abandonment under the proverbial rug, but rather to acknowledge it for what it was and respond with love and grace. And in doing so, in doing so this way, reconciliation becomes possible. Now, I'll just make note of this. N.T. Wright makes note of this, actually, in some of his works. He says, this is how the new kingdom that Jesus established is populated and advanced. It's through this appealing through love and through receiving one another in and reconciliation becoming possible as a result of this posture. And so this letter, it gives us a window into the new behavior, into the new ethic as to how we are to treat others within the kingdom of God. It's different from the way of the world, but it's the beginning of restoration and reconciliation, which ultimately leads to new creation and to the way of the kingdom of heaven. Now, he closes out this verse by actually having some fun, and I love this. He sprinkles some humor in it. Paul, 
you know, I don't know if he was a dad, but he kind of does a dad joke here. Uh, you might not know this, but Onesimus, it means, it's translated useful. That's what Onesimus means. And so notice what he says here at the end of verse 11. He says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Verse 11, formerly he was useful to you, but now he's become very useful to both you and me. So he kind of does a play on words. And so Paul, he uses humor in his appeal, which I think reveals something about his frame of mind in all of this. Again, it's not like he's not riled up trying to say, okay, we're going to you know, confront here. We're going to do this. No, it's, it's, there's this humor. And really, humor and humility are not that far apart. In fact, they're kind of derived from the same root word that you know, being of good humor, being a person of humility, they're connected together. And we see that demonstrated in Paul's writing and in Paul's letter. So what we derive from this and what this whole session has been about is really what the core and what the heartbeat of reconciliation is about. It's what makes it possible. And it's what actually makes the next part of Paul's appeal possible. When we are appealing to somebody to try to bring healing, forgiveness, reconciliation, we should do so on the basis of love, not on the basis of the law. You might have a point in the law. The law might prove you to be right, but making love your ultimate motivation is always the best motivation to be driving our appeals for forgiveness and reconciliation.